0: Well, this is it. The last Sunday for 2020. Ah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I preach sitting down. Wow, what a year. Um, like, I'm totally fine, but I've started getting a bit sick the last few days. End of the year, you know, pushing through. Can't get sick, Christmas, you know. So, my. Um, Getting really honest for a moment, like my life has pretty much consisted of lying in bed, frustrated going, get oh come on, and, and either coming to church uh, and preaching on Christmas Day or, or giving everything I could to, to family events because it's Christmas. And then as soon as I get home, I'm straight back in bed, just lying down going, I've got to get better, got to get better. Like what a year. Oh, to think at the start of this year, we had the, the Vision Sunday. We launched the vision of the year and, um, f- for the year that God placed on our hearts. And we'll speak to that at the end of January. Um, what God did, and he fulfilled all of the vision that he laid on the heart of the leadership, which is incredible. I'm really excited to share what he's done looking back. But we started this year on our knees as a church, saying, God, yeah, your will be done. Let this happen. And <laughs> wow, it was different, wasn't it? For so many of us, um, I think we feel like if we can just get through this next week, if we can just get through 2020, it'll be okay. Yet, you know, what's happening in other states around Australia is a bit of a reminder that that may be a little bit of the same as this year, like... It, don't want to say that, but, but the reality is that you know, New South Wales is a reminder that they're, about, they're getting ready for Christmas after having a, a pretty free second half of the year in, in restrictions to their lifestyle, and all of a sudden their Christmas was drastically different. Uh, we've got friends that were on their way up for Christmas celebration, and they had to stop halfway um, because they couldn't afford the extra two weeks quarantine if they saw their family. What do you do? see your family and spend two weeks in quarantine or stop halfway and come back for Christmas. Like, imagine the anticipation and hope, you know. We've had people who are sitting here, and I won't name them, but haven't been able to spend time with their, their loved one, their wife, because of lockdown. Like, what a year. Um, even as we speak, there's, you know, a couple in hospital that were taken to emergency late last night where the family can't be with them because of restrictions. So, what is it to finish the race? What is it to, to finish this year? What does it look like to, to end 2020 and lead into 2021? And I've got no words for this message, but scripture does. And so we're going to turn to God's word and see what He has to say about finishing the race as we look to 2021. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, As we sit here in the emotions, most of us a little bit tired, full stomachs from Christmas, um, the mixed emotions that come with this season, Lord, we ask that you would show us what it is to finish the race. Would you reveal to us through your word what you want for us as we head in to the next year? In Jesus' name, amen. This is probably one of the greatest named books in the Bible. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, 2 Timothy. And what we see take place here, you're going to have to put up with my croaky voice, I was praying profusely that God would give me a voice and then in the worship, I just couldn't hold back and I just gave it everything I had in worship. So... Now you guys got to suffer through a croaky voice because was, that's was amazing. I just love being back with people, being able to lift our voices in praise, mask or no mask, there's something amazing about that. We, we enter into 2 Timothy and what's happening in 2 Timothy is that Paul is writing a letter to Timothy and it's actually towards the end of Paul's life. It's the, towards the end of his ministry and so he's in prison, he's in jail again and what does Paul do when he's in jail? Does he sit there going, I thought it was going to be all good? And, you know, what what do I do now? What what do I do? And, you know, he's not having a pity party. He's got this passion for the church, he's got his passion for people. He is concerned about the church and some of the activities that they're doing. And so he writes these letters. And they're so full of passion and they're so full, full of wisdom and instruction, they've become many of the letters that we have in the New Testament. And he writes this letter to, to one of his followers and this, this follower that he hopes will actually become his like his apprentice, his offside. And we've we've spoken this year about how we are called to be apprentices of Jesus. We're, we're called to take on the yoke of Jesus, come under Jesus' wings, become like Jesus, like his disciples did. And Timothy is one of Paul's disciples, one of Paul's, under Paul's yoke, under Paul's wing. And so the heart that Paul writes to Timothy shows his deep desire for Timothy to become um, a a mighty man. Can I grab that drink, Yvette? Thank you. Thanks so much. (laughs) That could have gone really wrong, too. (laughs) Thank you. It's going to be a deep message today. So Paul is in a space where he's lonely, he's concerned for the church, and he's reflecting on what is most important in life. This is the heart of the book of 2 Timothy. It's the entry point. And we head towards the end of 2 Timothy in chapter 4, where we read his final words, or what is known as his final charge. To Timothy. You know, Paul's empowering Timothy. He's passing the baton, the mantle of leadership for the church. And so in the start of verse 4, he uses incredibly strong words. He says this, in the presence of God and in Christ Jesus, he will judge the living and the dead. And in view of his, uh, his appearing in his kingdom, I give you this charge. We to pause there for a second. That is really powerful. The, in the presence of God and in Christ, in Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of his appearing and his kingdom, I give you this charge. It's like, whoo! Now, I remember Yvette gave me a charge the other day before she left. She said, I give you this charge, not these words, but can you put the washing out? And I remember it when she told me really, really clearly. And then when she got home, she said these words, how did the washing go? I'm like, oh yeah, I remember that charge. That was a few hours ago, wasn't it? Um, maybe if a vet started with, in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, I give you this charge, will you put the wash? maybe that might have stuck a bit more, but can you hear the weight of of? Of the charge that this is this is like in front of God, in, in front of the, the kingdom of God, everything is at stake here. I give you this charge. Preach the word, be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. They're powerful words, but they're full of grace and love, aren't they? Preach the word. Be prepared in and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage. Sometimes we'll take that as a negative, but like correct lovingly. You think of a a parent, and many parents here have been homeschooling, and you correct something. You don't do it harshly, and you don't get a big red pen. You, You lovingly correct so that your children learn better. Rebuke, if there's there's discipline that's needed, you do that, but not out of a a place of of hatred, but a place of love and concern and and correct and encouraging with great patience and careful instruction, all for the glory of God. I love that, that we're called to be prepared in season and out of season. And I think this year has been a bit of an indicator of like, well, what was that? Was that in-season or was it out-of-season? Well, it was what it was, but how much did that shake us to our core? So many of us at times, like the, and we've spoken about this as well, that our, our habits that would, would show our, our discipleship habits, our, our disciplines or our, our routines were taken away from us. And, and is that in-season or out-of-season? How do we prepare for that? It goes on to say this, verse three, for a time will come where people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a number of teachers to say what their ears, their their itching ears, want to hear. How much do we see that as well in our world today? I love that this is the living word of God, written thousands of years ago, yet holds so much truth in today. In social media, it's known as an echo chamber, where you you defriend all the people that have a different opinion to you, so that when you say something, the only thing that you hear back is, yes, 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 yes. And you say your opinion, and yes, 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 yes. That's an echo chamber. Now, your opinion may be wrong, but if you don't allow sound doctrine or other people to speak into it, your opinion may be right too. I'm not saying everybody's opinion's wrong. But how easy is it to be, to be so offended or, or confronted and, and, and to, to just listen to the people you want to listen to and not round it out? Verse 4 they will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. But you keep your head in all situations. Endure hardship and do the work of an evangelist, discharging all the duties of your ministry. Discharging doesn't mean dismissing. It's mean carrying out when you discharge an earth gun because you're allowed to do that shoot the Nerf dart, when you discharge that, it's firing it. Discharge the ministries. What are you called to do? What are you serving in? What is your identity in Christ and how has God gifted you to enact that in your life? Discharge the duties of your ministry. For I am already being poured out like a drink offering and the time of my departure is near." Paul's saying, I've given everything. I'm pouring out everything. I've, I've, I've been doing all I can. I keep getting locked up. And, and when I'm locked up, that's a great time to stop and start writing. You know, Just because I, because I physically can't do the ministry doesn't mean that my heart doesn't stop yearning for the people in the church and what I see. And, and even when, I, when I'm incapacitated physically, I, I can... Build the church with letters and with my time, and with my heart and with my thoughts and with my prayers. Verse 7 says this, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. We often read this verse by itself. I've fought the good fight. I've finished the race. I've kept the faith. When we read it in context, Paul's words of saying, I have done what God placed me on this earth to do. And in the context of this, he's passing the baton. He's saying, I have done my bit. Now it's your turn to do yours. I have finished. I have run. I have the faith. I've done the things that God placed me on this earth to do. And now it's yours, Timothy. Take the baton and run with it. Verse 8, now there is in store for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award me on that day. And not only me, but all who have longed for his appearing. Now, in 2021, we're called to do something. Paul says that he kept the faith. He said that that he kept the faith. And I believe that we are called to keep the faith in 2021. We're called to keep it. Now, that doesn't mean that, that we don't, you know, we've got to pay attention to all of Scripture. And there were times when Jesus rested, when Jesus withdrew, when Jesus went to a solitary place to spend time with his father, there was time when, when Jesus broke away from those, you know, the, the idea of an echo chamber. Like he broke away from from his family, and even as a young boy in Luke chapter two, verse forty to fifty-two. And where did they find him? They didn't find him with their cousins because they were walking back home, and they pictured, well, you know, and if depends on your family makeup, the, the scenario may work, but if it was anything like. My family, we have a Boxing Day tradition. I wouldn't have a clue where my kids are. I think they made it home last night. (laughs) But they're they're with the other cousins. They're playing. And in Luke chapter 2, Jesus' family are walking back home and they picture Jesus with their cousins. The echo chamber of family safety. The echo chamber of a close family. And where do they find him? A different family. He's at the temple with, with the teachers of the law. And they are amazed with his questions as he's wrestling. And his parents confronting, why are you here? He says, did you know that I'd be in my father's house? I reckon if my teenage son had told me that, there would have been a consequence. (laughs) And and he was obedient and he went with them and Mary treasured the experience in her heart. Stored it, Keep the faith. Keep the faith. What circles are we listening to? Lisa, I might get you to come up. Thank you. Jesus rested. He found time to, to renew, to spend time with others, to, to restore himself. Paul spent time writing letters when he was incapacitated physically. Other times we see that he was stoned almost to death for preaching the gospel. And what does he do? As soon as everybody leaves, pushes off the stones. Well, that one's a bit sore. Goes and does it again. <laughs> what? In season and out of season, keeping the faith. For so many of us, this year has been, it's been tough. I shared at one of the Wednesday devotions that my regular daily devotion routine of, of sitting in scripture and listening and meditating in it. Lost its, lost its potency this year. And I had to really stop and focus on God. Where, where are you in, in my, my devotion to you, in, in my routines to you? And I realized that, that never had I been so dependent on God. He never left me. I just had to look for him. I had to keep the faith. I had a choice. I could have said, no, God, I'm, this isn't working therefore it's not there, it's done. But instead, I had to to take a step back and go, God, show me. And what he revealed was that all those times when I had to write a devotion or I was going to meet with somebody who was doing tough or I I heard of someone who was in hospital and I wasn't allowed to to visit them or someone had died and and couldn't even be at the, the funeral, I realized that God was there every step of the way. Those moments where I was going to meet with Sam, who's sitting there driving the online stream, and we we're going to film a, a message or a devotion or, or an update, and, and I had a blank piece of paper in front of me, and, and we we're due to film in a half hour, or an hour. And I just go, God, I need something like really soon something would flow out of Scripture and a thought would come and start scribbling it down and, and then within an hour or two hours, it's done. It, it's, it's been written and it's been filmed onto the next one. And it was those moments where the feedback we would get of just, that's what God, I just needed that. As if you were speaking straight to me, as if God knew what I was going through. And you, we hear these reports back from people. We've got to keep the faith in 2021. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. In 2021, what will you fight for? In 2021, what will you choose to run towards? And in 2021, how will you keep the faith. I'm sure I'm like everyone here. And I hope that 2021 is just whatever normal looks like. <laughs> I hope it's that. But we're called to be prepared in season and out of season, and we don't know. We can't control it. What we can control is what we choose to fight for, what we choose to run towards and what we choose to hang on to when it comes to our faith. We come to a time now where we remember that Jesus was confronted with a choice. In the Garden of Gethsemane, he was in a place where he was wrestling with God, going, God, I know what's about to take place on the cross, I know what I'm being called to do for the people that I love. If there is some way that you can take this from me, take this cup, take this burden from me, but not my will, but yours be done. If you've got your little communion cup, two tricks that we've learned over the past month. Trick one, give it a shake. It gets all that really weird residue off it, you know, you get this little scummy bit in it, yeah. The second trick is try and peel back the little plastic clear bit. When you peel that back, that's the biscuit. Peel the other one back, that's the juice. Just for a moment, I want you to listen to the sound of the, the plastic. doesn't matter if it comes back easy or if it comes back hard or if it's tricky or if you've missed and you've peeled the whole thing back and now you're trying to somehow put it back together and we've all done it, it's okay. (laughs) In this moment, we are unified as we try to get to something (laughs) so that we can share in communion. In 2021, I think that the important thing as we do as a church is we be unified we're not unified because of who we are some are called to be evangelists some are called to be prophets and teachers and and ministers and we're all called we all have different gifts Paul says discharge your gifts your ministries the things that you are called to do when we do that together we are united as the family the body of Christ Jesus was the only one that could do this for us though. While we we do life together, and once again, January, December and January last year, as we prayed to God, God, what, what is what is something that we could put on our webpage that sounds catchy? That was sort of the depth of the conversation. That was the deep theology. What's something that's catchy? We're a church that that you know really is a family church. What's catchy? Well, oh, you know, life can be tough. Yeah, so let's do it together. Sounded great in January. (laughs) talk about tough. I've sat with our staff as they wept because they couldn't care more. Was it enough? Could they give more? Could they love more? Can they make more phone calls? Can Can they look after people as they watch their teams struggle? and crumble and, and fade with the ins and outs of 2020. And I so say, when, we, when we, we look at that and picture how hard this year was, all we have to do is spend a moment to keep the faith and look what Jesus did for us. Look at the hope that we have in Him. Look what it is to, to set our eyes, to, to, to fight for, to run towards, to keep the faith. Because Jesus, when He was confronted with this humanity and the choices when the in season and out of season came, He said, not my will but yours be done. And in Matthew chapter 26, Jesus took the bread with His disciples and He broke it. He said, this is my body that is broken for you. This is my body. This is my life. This is, this is who I am that I'm giving to you. Every time you get together, whether it be online, at home, whether it be here in the building. Keep the faith. Keep the faith. Fight for this. Run towards this. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's eat together. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you loved us so much, that you sent your Son. And that as you sent your Son from heaven to earth, he grew up to be the Messiah, the Savior. Lord, just two days ago, we celebrated his birth. We celebrated that act of love and generosity. Generosity. But Lord, while we we remembered his humble beginnings, we knew that he had a purpose that only he could fulfill. And when he was given a choice, he chose us over himself. We thank you that his body was broken for us. Amen. Jesus then took the cup and peeled back the foil. He said, This is my blood poured out for you. And blood was known as the life source. Blood was life. Blood was also the thing that needed to be shed for the a sacrifice. He goes, This is my life poured out for you. This is the sacrifice of me that is given for you. Do this also in remembrance of me. Let's drink together. I invite the band up as we pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that you gave your Son who would live a full life of sacrifice for us to the point where he would die on a cross. He would pour out his life each and every day to show us how to live. He would pour out his generosity, his compassion. Lord, and in doing so, he would never once, he would never once fail in his relationship with you. He would never once give in to his temptations as a human. All because he loved us. We thank you for his life. We thank You for His death. And we thank You that we have victory in His resurrection. May we run the race. May we fight the good fight. And may we keep the faith this year, focusing our eyes on Jesus Christ, led by His Holy Spirit, discharging the things that He's called us to do. But hand in hand, as your church family, would you empower us to do this together? Lord, it is no mistake that you spoke to the leadership team of this church with some simple words like, life can be tough, let's do it together. You spoke to us when you got us on our knees and said, God, whatever you want this year, your will be done. And Lord, I pray that we would continue to focus on you, the alpha and omega, the beginning and the end, that we would finish this year strong, but we would start next year stronger.